the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Links and Locks podcast. I'm Jason Sobel with Golf Bet. He is Ben Everell from the PGA Tour, and we're going to go through our favorite bets for this week's WM Phoenix Open. I'm on site right now, Benny, at TPC Scottsdale. Miss you. Wish you were here. Hey, it's your turn to be on course and for me to be at home this week, mate. Good stuff. I'm glad you're out there getting a feel, so you'll be able to you know, let people know what you're feeling out there at TPC Scottsdale, what the boys are doing with, as we get ready for what is always one of the great parties during the PGA Tour season. Yeah, so far I've had time to walk up and down the range once here on Monday <laughs> afternoon. And so basically all the players that I saw out there on the range, I'm going to be picking this week because that's how it works. That's what you're supposed to do. Now I kid, I kid. All right, we're going to be playing 18 holes back and forth with our bets. Benny, you're on the tee first. Fire away. Well, since it is the Phoenix Open, the WM Phoenix Open, as we're calling it these days, I'm going to go with a bit of a showman early on in my picks. And I'm looking at a top 40 for a guy pretty much horribly out of form, but who loves the stage. And that's Harry Higgs, 230. Oh, yeah. Three out of four missed cuts in his last four tournaments, but T25 in Phoenix last year and had an 82-foot eagle on 17 that just brought the house down, as you can imagine. And look, he's just a guy who loves the crowds, loves the show. And I feel like he could find some form this week. I love your idea about the intangible of players who like playing in front of big galleries, players who like being on the stage, players who like showing a little swagger in front of the fans, showing off a little bit. I'm going to get to that later on because I've got a player that I think fits this profile as well. But I'm going to start off on hole number two with Justin Thomas. And my bet is Justin Thomas everything. I'm taking a little outright, sprinkling in some top fives, top tens. I'm playing them in DFS lineups, some OAD pools, matchups, whatever you got, Justin Thomas, this week. I did actually see him on the range. I was joking about only taking players that I saw on the range, but I saw him working hard on Monday afternoon after a little vacation last week. I think he's got a little chip on his shoulder, first of all, from not having won since last year's Players' Championship. Secondly, for getting into contention going into the weekend at the Farmers Insurance Open in his last start and not playing his best golf on the weekend. I think JT is ready to pop. I think he's ready to put up a good one. And I think this week could be that week. So I want some investment on Justin Thomas this week. All right, hole number three, what you got? Well, I'm going to bring in hole 17 all the way to number three after hearing you say that because my last decision of the day was what was I going to do with the big names? And by that, I meant Ram, JT, Hideki, Xander, the guys right up there at the top. And JT was the one I circled as someone that you should look at Mm -hmm. everywhere. I'm going to run with you there. I think that wherever you can see him, if you see any value whatsoever in any scenario, even if it's a live thing after, say, a a ho-hum first round, I would definitely look at Thomas. He is that guy that gets the chip on his shoulder. He is the one that will kind of feel like things haven't gone exactly to plan so far. I love JT everywhere you've got him. And I love the fact that we're in agreement on that one. So uh, nothing against John Rom. Look, John Rom plays well here. He's a local resident. He went to Arizona State. But their prices this week, I think Justin Thomas is a much better play than the favorite in Rom. All right, hole number four. Aaron Wise has not played his best golf so far this year, although he only played once, missed the cut at Torrey. He hasn't played well there in the past. 
he was playing really well at the end of 2021. I think this is going to be a really big year for Aaron Wise. I'm going to play him for a top 10 this week at plus 500, five to one. I think that's a really good number on Aaron Wise to finish top 10 this week. Yeah, great number, mate. I'll go to the fifth hole with a top five bet. Might be safe in some people's eyes, but it might be a bit strange too. It's it's a guy that's had some local ties and a guy that played pretty decent last week, just not at Pebble Beach. But Bubba Watson, plus 700, five top fives in the Phoenix Open before, runner-up last week somewhere overseas that I won't talk about too much. I just feel like he is the man that can potentially ride that wave. Seeing a good friend in Harold Varner, the third win, might be something that gets Bubba pumped. I like the value, that's all, 700 for a top five. I have no problem with your play. I've said this in a few different places already so far today, but Bubba Watson doesn't make any sense on this golf course. It has nothing to do with the way he plays. Look, long and being able to work it both ways is very advantageous here at TBC Scottsdale. What I don't understand about Bubba is this guy who said, I don't like crowds. I don't like people. I feel <laughs> claustrophobic inside the ropes. Well, guess what? There's 10 times more people here at this event than any other event on the PGA Tour schedule. Why does he feel comfortable here? I don't know. I don't get it, but I don't I, disagree with your play. I think he likes the course, and I think he's tried to learn to embrace the ADHD, basically, and the anxiety in, in these slick moments. He definitely spends a lot of time leading up to this event every year, sorry, to make sure his head's in a good spot. So I think he comes in knowing it's going to happen, tries to sort of let it happen, and then just free flow. And yeah, I just feel like there's some value there. Six all. I picked this guy Tom Hoagie for first round leader last <laughs> week at Pebble Beach. I, I believe I also stole him off you, didn't I, at you some did. point? Yeah. So look, <laughs> we both did pretty well with that. I've got two players this week, and the reason is that I'm going after tea times, and it's not the usual tea times that I'm looking for. A lot of times for first round leader bets, we're targeting guys in the morning when the wind is lighter, when the greens are not chewed up at the end of the day. And so we're looking for guys who get out there early and have nice, pristine conditions on the golf course. This week in Scottsdale, it's going to be about 45 degrees, 48 degrees when the first handful of groups tee off. It's not going to break 60 until they are playing the back nine. And so what I'm looking for is guys teeing off in the afternoon wave where it's going to be 70 by the time the guys teeing off at 12, 1230, one o'clock local time get out there. And so I'm looking at those players. Now, we don't have tee times yet. At the time we are recording this podcast, Monday evening, we don't have those tee times. So I'm going to give you two options. Hideki Matsuyama, who obviously has played very well lately. He's played very well here. He's got two wins. He's got a really nice track record of Thursday scores. Here at the WM Phoenix Open, he's 22 to 1. And then Billy Horschel, who you might think that sounds familiar. That's because Billy was first round leader just a few weeks ago at the Farmers Insurance Open. So I like him to have that lightning striking twice. He's 45 to 1 this week for a first round leader battle. I might be able to sort of tip you in that Hideki looks like he might start late on Thursday. So that's not a bad play there. All right. My man. Good to know people. Um, All right. Seventh hole. I'm going to go with someone with vibes in the area again, not necessarily a guy in great form, but for a long shot, but mid-range long shot, I'm calling it today at 100 to 1 or so, Gary Woodland. Gary gets great vibes off the area. He had that viral moment with Amy Bockerstedt that everybody has seen and, and loves, and he just still gets the warm, fuzzy feelings when he turns up there. So I feel like, again, just like I sort of said with Harry Higgs, he could be the man for the moment in sort of getting into his best stuff. And while I don't necessarily think that he'll win the tournament at the 100 to 1 or whatever, I think that you can definitely get value across the board on Gary Woodland this week. Yeah, I do like that play. I think Woodland has not played his best golf, but that number has ballooned up to a, a very 
playable number right now on Gary Woodland at a course that he does like. All right, eighth hole. I'm going to go with maybe the opposite of Gary Woodland as far as game, as far as stature. But Adam Hadwin has started playing some really nice golf. Loves playing in the desert, loves going low in the desert. If there are birdies to be had, Adam Hadwin can make him. He's one of those guys that, unlike some of the big hitters in the game, he doesn't hit it out there 350 and hit wedge into every green, but he can still rack up birdies and bunches. I'll take him for a top 20. I don't think it's a serious title contention this week, but I don't think he falls too far off the pace. A nice kind of mid-teens type result. Top 20 plus 350 for Hadwin. All right, close out the front nine now, Benny. All right, I'll close out with an Aussie and another long shot. 150 to one and over I've seen this guy who doesn't have necessarily any history there but I feel like would love the idea of playing in front of the crowds and can hit the ball pretty long Lucas Herbert is Mm. one that you can keep an eye on for those who love to watch my Aussies play well he just is the type that has a bit of a chip on his shoulder loves sort of giving something the crowd something to cheer about and has the long game to contend there so I'd like to see Lucas Herbert sprinkled in All right, Benny and I are going to make the turn, but as we do, we're joined by the hosts of the Better Golf Podcast, Nick Bretwish and Spencer Aguiar, betting experts and specialists in the finishing position markets, here to provide their favorite top five, top 10, and top 40 plays for this week's event. Thank you, Jason and Ben. We are very excited to be back with the Action Network for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. I will get us started on the top placement markets. Um, It's a stacked field, so I'm actually focusing on a lot of higher caliber golfers. I'm going to start off with Luke List, top 30, plus 130 on FanDuel. I had him priced down to minus 110. Obviously, he is in excellent form, coming off a win, four straight top 25 finishes. Excellent ball striker, great tee to green, great off the tee, and great green in regulations. Really, all things that I'm looking for this weekend. Tied for 30th here last year in 2021 and 25th in 2020. We all know the course history aspect of this venue. So Luke List certainly checks that box. Then I'm going to ride Matthew Fitzpatrick, top 20, plus 175 on FanDuel. His top 30 is plus 110, I believe, on FanDuel as well. I like those both. Looks to be an excellent course fit per my model. I know he's never played here, or at least not in the last five years. And that doesn't really concern me a whole lot. I know Kepka won here last year with a three-year layoff. So as much as course history does matter at this venue, it's just something that I'm going to take the inflated price on a guy that's in great form after a great finish at the AT&T and a guy that gets up for big events. So I do like Matthew Fitzpatrick a great deal. And then my last top 30 is going to be Russell Henley, plus 120 on FanDuel. I'm sorry. Another guy that's just a great, great ball striker, a magician off the tee and approach and a quality putter should be a guy that easily finishes in the top 30 here. And then a top 40 guy that I seem to always like and I personally just don't like as a golfer, but Keegan Bradley, plus 150 on FanDuel. I had him priced all the way down to plus 110. So another 40 point value there for me. I honestly just love everything about his game uh, set for this venue besides the volatile putting, but everything outside the putting, I think should keep him inside that top 40 range. And then I will give an honorable mention to Siwoo Kim top 40 plus 155 and Adam Hadwin top 40 plus 140. Spencer, what's on the card? I know we spoke briefly and I know I love every pick that you had. Yeah, it's important to remember that we have a better betting board than we sometimes get within the placement market since we only have 132 players teeing it up at TPC Scott. Scottsdale 
it's going to be easier for our guys to make the cut than a typical 156-man field. But despite that coming into play, I don't think books adjusted some of the mid-tier players to account for this change. I definitely see a ton of overcorrections near the top of the market, but it's a rather bulky top 40 card for me this week, led by Keith Mitchell at plus 160 on FanDuel. The course history at the Waste Management has left something to be desired, but two made cuts in three trips is my biggest takeaway for a golfer that grades as one of my biggest climbers when condensing the data down over just the past 24 rounds. Mitchell has gained off the tee in 13 straight starts and is also the fifth most aggressive player in this field, something that will be needed if he wants to take advantage of the gettable par fives and short par 417th where Eagle and Bogey both come into play. As we move into the board, Martin Laird plus 175 is worth a look at someone with better form than the results might indicate. Laird has gained with his irons in 10 of 11 starts and off the tee in 9 of 11. And we have seen him love this venue with four top nine finishes in 12 tries, posting nine made cuts and six top 40s. I like KH Lee plus 155 on FanDuel to come top 40, second at the course last year. And he has gained with his irons in four of his past five starts on tour. Cam Davis plus 160 is one of the most mispriced players on the board by my math that we can find. The Aussie grades inside the top 25 of this field in total driving, par 5 birdie or better percentage, and overall aggression. That is pretty much the exact blueprint I am trying to find this week on my golfers where they can hit it long, score on par 5s, and stay aggressive. And then my long shot of the week is Matt Wallace plus 220 on FanDuel. This isn't a typical TPC property, but Wallace does rank as the number one scorer on TPC style courses in this field. And he also places 35th in my recalculated T to green metric to fit TPC Scottsdale. The only other two wagers that I want to throw out there would be Billy Horschel plus 115 on FanDuel to come top 40. The market is clearly much lower on him than I am. And at the time of recording this, there is a mispricing on Scotty Scheffler to come top 40 at minus 135 on FanDuel. I usually don't dip this low into the market, but his top 30 price is minus 130 on FanDuel. They made a mistake when pricing came out in the top 40 market. We see some of that with him being minus 285 on DraftKings. I assume they end up correcting that and moving him closer to minus 200 before the event starts. But it's something that they're out there just in case you can catch it before it does change. Love it, Spencer. All about getting the value there. I am punching that Scotty Scheffler ticket as we speak. But there you have it. We got Luke List, top 30. Matt Fitzpatrick, top 20 and top 30. Russell Henley, top 30. Keegan Bradley, top 40. K.H. Lee, Keith Mitchell, Billy Horschel, Martin Laird, and Matt Wallace, all top 40. And then that Scotty Scheffler ticket, if you could still get it when the pricing is offered. We will kick it back to you, Jason, and I hope everybody enjoys the show this week. All right, let's kick off the back nine. My honor on the 10th tee, and I'm going to go with a player who two years ago opened with a 61 at this event. So you know he's got some offensive firepower, got some connections to the area. That was only one off Phil Mickelson's tournament record score of a 60. Wyndham Clark, I'll go for a top 20, top 30. I don't mind either. Plus 450 for that top 20 this week. He's a guy that he drives it well and he puts it really well, Benny. If you can do everything in between just average, I think you can have a really good week this week. Not a bad one at all. I like how you're trying to find that value in the names that people aren't necessarily thinking of because as we've noted in the last few weeks, those guys keep popping up. So you've got to know some of the, the names you might not pay attention to previously. Speaking of... I'll go to my next and I'll say a name that I know very well and you've heard me say a few times, but I'm going to stick with the Aussie theme. 
top 20, another bomber from Australia, Cameron Davis. No battle scars at the place. Definitely has the game to contend at this joint. He's not afraid of the crowds. Won an Australian Open overtaking Jason Day and Jordan Spieth in huge, huge uh, galleries there a couple of years back. He hasn't really hit for me on the few times that I've pushed him so far, but he's definitely building to something. I think this could be a really nice Cam Davis type of course. He drives it really well. And so I like that play as long as he's not scared off by the crowds, which you think he won't be. I like that. And again, folks, that is not a fake accent. When Benny talks about (laughs) Australians, he is the Aussie whisperer. You'd better listen. All right. 12th hole. I'm going to go with a little three ball matchup available on DraftKings. I'm taking Scotty Scheffler, who I really like this week. I like him for top five, top 10 plays as well, but I'll take him for these purposes in that three ball over Xander Shoffley, who's got a really good record. That scares me a little bit. And Sam Burns, who I absolutely love, but Scotty Scheffler plus 160 on DraftKings. I'm feeling that he was tied for seventh last year. I still think that until he wins for the first time, Scotty Scheffler has got that hunger. He's got that desire to go out there and play well. I saw him on the course early on Monday. So he's been here grinding away after a week off. And I think it's going to be a nice one for Scotty. All right. 13th all, Benny. I'll get back to that man a little bit later on. Uh, Let's just say I like what you're saying there. I'm going to go to my first round leader picks now. Like you, I do think that it's most likely, which is unlikely, Uh, other weeks that it might come later in the day, which has changed me off my original pick because I have a little bit of insight that my man, and you sort of just mentioned him that you're afraid of him, Xander Shoffley, who I think is a good choice this week at 30 to one to be first round leader. He, I believe, is going to be a morning Thursday guy. So I'm a little bit hesitant considering that. And the guys in the afternoon, though, that I like that have got some gravitas, your man Thomas that we spoke about earlier, Justin Thomas will be an afternoon Thursday guy. And Adam Scott is another one that I think might be able to do something at good long odds in that scenario. I don't necessarily think he can contend and win, but I think he might be able to get off to a good start. All right, 14th hole. These are the types of prop bets that I hate. I never take these, but there's a specific reason why I'm doing so this week. Betting on there to be a playoff is, I don't (laughs) know, like go flip a coin on Sunday and I'll let you know. I mean, the Super Bowl is going on on Sunday and there will be a lot of money bet on the coin toss, which makes no sense because find something that's worth betting on. Now, why am I betting yes on a playoff at three to one? Has nothing to do with past history. It has nothing to do with, oh, well, the 18th hole is one that you can birdie. No, I'm betting on a playoff because they just want to ruin our good time. Come on. I mean, <laughs> yes, that's what we, I was going to say. We've spent, we have spent six and a half days at this point covering the event, doing all our analysis, doing all our research, our prognostications. We get to Sunday afternoon. Let's end this thing so we can watch some football. We can watch the Super Bowl. Instead, somebody's going to screw us. Somebody's going to tie. There's going to still be golf going on well into the second quarter of the Super Bowl just because that's what's happened in the past. And I feel it happening again. Yes. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Where are we at? I've got We're two going more, to the right? 15th hole now. All you. I'm going to go with a top 10 play on another of my international men. Louis Oosthuizen, as long as his back's fine, which it should be, I hope, no reports otherwise. I think he's a great player. I saw plus 250 and above. Um, He's had two top 11s, I think, at the venue before. But here's another thing. Again, you know me. I I love the numbers and the history, but I also am a field guy. And he's in a great headspace. He spent some time off last week taking his lovely daughters to the daddy-daughter dance. He was very excited about it. By all reports, everyone had a great time. He's in a great frame of mind. I can see Louis contending this week. I like that a lot. Last week... I got burned. I said, you know, I really like Matt Fitzpatrick, but there's too much going against him. He hasn't played competitively in two months and he finished in sixth place. And I was kicking myself afterwards. I said, I'm not going to be fooled again. 
Louis hasn't played in four months. It's been since mid-October, the last time he completed a tournament. He tried to play the RSM Classic in the middle of November and withdrew after a first-round 69. So it's been a while since he's played golf. For some guys, that might mean rust. For others, that might mean just a fresh start. And hopefully that is the case for Louis this week. So I do like that. All right, 16th hole. Bear with me, Benny, because here's a bet that you can't bet on yet. There are no odds. Cameron Young is not in the field yet. Okay. He's the first alternate. When the field list came out on Friday afternoon, he was, I believe, the second or third alternate. Over the weekend, he got into the field, but then a few players, Bo Hostler, Jonathan Bird, finished in the top 10 at Pebble Beach. He got knocked down to second alternate. Early Monday, Maverick McNeely withdrew. All right, now he's up to first alternate. If at some point somebody else around here, and I might go looking for some kneecaps out there, but somebody withdraws from this 132-man field, Cameron Young is going to get in. I like him for a top 40. He's 19th on the PGA Tour this season in strokes gained off the tee, which I think is an important metric, as I've mentioned. And he's finished top 40 in four of his last six starts. All he's got to do is get into the damn field. <laughs> I love it. Well, let's get him in there, right? Let's figure out a way. Got to be something happening. I'm trying. Like I said, I'm looking at the kneecaps. I don't know. There's some, <laughs> some guys in shorts today, so I can get at them. Uh, we're up to the 17th hole here in Phoenix. That's a drivable par four, so we're going after it. Be aggressive. You mentioned him before. You said you weren't necessarily sure about him on the winning play, but I am going to go all in on Scotty Scheffler as a winning play this week around all of the great talent the big names. You know what got me over the line was literally watching Tom Hoagie just take over the top of Cantlay and Speed last week, reminding me that as good as our best players are on any given Sunday, others can also contend and do their best. And Scheffler must be burning watching Luke List, then Hoagie, and all these other guys win, and he has yet to do it. He's got the game. He should have won it last year, if we're totally honest, at T7 finish. He was in control for a lot of that between him and Xander, I should say, before Brooks came over the top of both of them. I think there'll be some unfinished business there for Scotty Scheffler. And you can get anywhere between 20 and 30 to 1, I think I saw in some places. So I like that play. I think he can be the man. All right. I like that a lot. At some point, Scotty Scheffler is going to win. And like I said, he's hungry for that first career PGA Tour victory. At my last hole, the 18th, my favorite outright this week is not one of these guys, 15 players in the top 20 in the world ranking. I'm bypassing all of them in favor of a player who, first of all, has analytics on his side. He's one of the absolute best in strokes gained off the tee. And secondly, has exactly what we talked about as far as intangibles, playing in front of fans, having a little swagger, liking showing off in oh, front of big galleries. Who is this? Who is Keith this? Mitchell. Oh! Coming okay. off a 12th place finish at Pebble Beach last week, coming to a course that should suit his game a lot better than that one did or those three did last week. Opened up at 130 to 1 at DraftKings. I believe he's down now as we're speaking to 110 to 1. He's even shorter at a few other books, so shop around whenever you're looking at a big number like this. But Keith Mitchell has won before at the Honda Classic. I believe he can win again. I've been very bullish on him for a while. He's my play to go out and win this thing on Sunday afternoon, Benny. Brilliant. I wouldn't have thought of him. I should have thought of him. That's a 100% astute call for those people who are looking for value. I'd have to look it up, but I feel like he contended there a year or two ago, maybe a top 20 or something at Phoenix, and he is not afraid. He was the guy that stood up to Rory, as you said, to win that one year. He was quail in contention, and Rory actually made a point of it to say on the final round when Rory did win there, he hit like a great shot into the first hole and Keith Mitchell just like putting one in a bunker should have been out of play or whatever. He had a laser straight in himself and was like Rory who, you know, so he's not afraid of taking on guys. So yeah, great pick, mate. 
Yeah, I think that's a solid strategy this week. Look for the players who aren't afraid of anything and target those guys. All right, he's Ben Averill from the PGA Tour. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. Thanks so much to everybody out there for listening. Remember, you can find our podcast, Links and Locks, anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Subscribe, download, rate us. Good luck with your bets for this week's WM Phoenix Open. Here's hoping you guys hit the green. <laughs>